Calvin, I was so glad to meet the Italian today. Jerry, the Italian has been one of my favorite uh, customers for a while, and I'm just so glad that we got the opportunity just to head over there and shoot the breeze with them in the in the shop with them. It was beauty. Going now, there, there weren't as many unreal quotes as, as you have said in the past, but I think... He was pretty subdued. I think he was a little bit intimidated by you. He could tell, your, he could see the liberal lines, <laughs> just say, stink lines floating off of you. He probably thought it was a city slick and liberal. <laughs> he kept it clean for you. Um, but I'll give you a great quote from him the other day. We were talking about just shutting cottages in and, and having the, the plumbers come in and, and things like that. And yeah. he said to me, uh, plumbers, easiest job in the world. Two things you got to know if you're a plumber. Flows downhill and don't stick your fingers in your mouth. <laughs> Which I just love. It's, it's just so, so good. good. That's amazing. <laughs> Welcome back to the Open Road Podcast. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Calvin. Welcome. Yep. And we're coming at you from Studio North in Muskoka. Studio North. I feel like we've said on the last 10 episodes, it's so nice to be together to do this, but we've been together a lot podcasting know, lately. This has worked out well. It's well, become the norm. We're making it a priority. Yeah, it's been good. I'm up in uh, Muskoka for the weekend, hanging. my wife and I are hanging out with Calvin and his wife, having a nice time doing what friends do hanging out Just do what we do i got you to put you to work this morning you and i went and got a bunch of firewood to uh, heat my house with this winter so from the crazy Ita- not crazy from your italian the sassy customer. italian yeah so that was pretty fun um yeah what was i gonna say about that no i mean i just find it interesting that you like to heat your heat your house with wood and uh i had a lot of questions about it like how much make wood no mistake use? i do not like it oh i really don't like it you hate it i i, I hate it yeah. but you you seem to find great joy in scavenging firewood well, that's a curse, man. It's an absolute curse of how if heating with wood. So you just have this urge. That if you have a pickup truck and a wood stove, you just have this urge to scavenge. This scavenger How mindset. can I not? It's free. Yeah, very good point. So anyway, so we're together and we are broadcasting here from Studio North. And we have a great episode lined up today. Yes. And we're, I think this is might be one of the ones we've been most excited about. We've been saving a story for a long time. Mm-hmm. And we're going to tell you about mm-hmm. it today. So it's, this starts a little while ago. I mean... But before we do that, we should just say this podcast is about helping you find more adventure in the everyday. Sure. We do that by sharing our own stories of adventure mm-hmm. and then bringing on people who are adventuring in different areas. Tips and tricks, stories of, uh, of how they've made it and how they're doing their life. Exactly. So, all right, let's bring it back. This is going to be a little more of a story intro, but we, yes. we got to tell the whole tale because it, it just is too good. Yeah. So, um, Jeremy and I, we l- really enjoy this band, Emery. Emery. And o- old boys. And we're fans of a couple of different podcasts that the folks in Emery uh, have. Namely, Break It Down podcast, Bad Christian podcast. Unstoppable uh, Badass. Uh, what's another one? Yeah, like they got a bunch of podcasts. They, so they're these guys who were in a band, then they started a po- podcast. Po- then they started a podcast network. So they're just interesting fellows. And this band, Emery, they, they never come to Canada. The last time I saw them, I was in grade 10 and I had to go to Buffalo, New York to see them. So it was basically a Thursday and I was cruising their website, or they posted something on Twitter, Instagram, and I saw that they were going to be on an acoustic tour, kind of in the north-ish. And I was like, Philly, we could drive to Philly for the weekend. That's we not do super far. And then I looked at the next tour day, it was on a Sunday, and it was like four hours from where we were. And it mm-hmm. was a free show. Horsehead, New York. 
So I basically, I basically said to Calvin, what are you doing this? It was a Thursday. Mm-hmm. I was saying, what are you mm-hmm. doing this weekend? Do you want to hop in the RV, go to a free Emory show? And you said, absolutely. And that's when the, we kind of started to hatch a, even a bit more of a plan where we said we would love to get these guys on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So we took our mobile studio, naturally. A Zoom recorder. Zoom recorder, but actual mobile studio, the RV. Yeah. Oh, true. Yeah. Good yeah. point. Took that Zoom down. recorder in the RV. Great. And we hopped in the RV. We drove across the border late one um, the Saturday, Saturday night. night. How money was that restaurant in the morning? <laughs> Parked at this, what was it? it was called Great America? Or I think, yeah, something it was like the that. Mo- it was a truck stop. It was the most r- rancid truck stop. But it was it it was pure America, like it yeah, bled yeah. America. It really did, and we had a great time there. And we this was a funny story. We asked, we, we don't really know what grits are. Yep, and you can't really tell <laughs> from the photo what they are at, our, at, at all. It's the most <laughs> such a mystery product, and it's like this <laughs> dog food, mystery taste, mystery look, mystery everything. So we asked our waitress, who was just whatever you picture when you think of an American waitress at truck stop, pic- picture that. And um, we asked her what grits were, and she kind of tried to describe them, not doing a good job whatsoever. Yeah. But she's like, but here's what I like to, what we like to call grits down in the <laughs> South. Or no, she said, girls raised in the South, grits. And we were like, why are you telling <laughs> us this? And what does that even mean? So I got a full plate load. <laughs> girls raised in the South. That's what grits are. As per my rule of getting the riskiest thing on every menu now, I had to get a full plate load of that. Yeah. Yeah. Did we talk about that? I think we did last week. Maybe, yeah, your we risky, did, did, your yeah. risky ordering technique to yeah. find adventure. I think that's going on. So anyways, we get down to the festival and it's, uh, we get there like right when it starts and at a free festival right when it starts is a pretty boring time to arrive. Yeah. Like free festivals are kind of uh, a gamble at any time. I mean... You really, but they actually had a lot of quite good bands at this one. Which oh, yeah. We were always, Jeremy and I were just picking apart the economics of the whole thing. How can they pull us off and how are they funding this whole thing? Because these guys aren't coming down for free. So it was kind of neat just to talk to some of the bandies and just figure out how it all gets put together. We met the founder of the... <laughs> the founder of the festival. Okay, let's get... Yeah, so basically we get there and it's a little bit boring. So now we are kind of like, we have a pretty serious mission today. Our mission yeah. is to... Meet the guys in Emory, try to get them to come hang out in our RV, lure them in and do an interview with us. And, you know, so so very quickly, we're like, yeah, this festival is going to be boring if we're just going to sit in the grandstands and watch music. So we need to start getting a move on turning this plan into reality. So first thing we notice is there's into reality. There's we don't a, have a plan. No. Yeah, you're right. So th- we notice a bunch of people after we get all checked in and everything, we notice a bunch of people just. They had an insane amount of volunteers. Way too many people volunteers. People with these blue, ugly blue volunteer t-shirts. And I'm seeing so many of these shirts around. So I just tell Jeremy, like, these shirts must be pretty easy to come by. And I think we can just get a couple somewhere. And it's and this was fun about the day, too. There were So there were these little things where we were trying to figure out what to do. And times when Calvin would really take the lead on things and really get something done or come up with a plan times when I would and it was this really fun day of kind of exploring how to get the most out of the day yeah but anyway so Calvin's thought was we gotta we gotta single out a volunteer who is a female who is alone <laughs> <laughs> and once 
possibly get <laughs> to the, manipulate, not to manipulate, but just to get more information. Yes. Because we were wondering, there was this place behind the stage where all of the band vehicles were parking. Yep. So we wanted to know if that was volunteer parking, because then if we could get back there, we were backstage. It would be easy enough to mm-hmm. find out mm-hmm. the, uh, and the just people chill back there. And I mean, our vehicle would blend in perfectly. Of course. But anyways, she doesn't really say anything about parking. Volunteers park in the normal spot. But when we said, where do you get a volunteer shirt? She said, you can get them over there. And we're like, well, we're from Canada. We want to volunteer this, that, and the other. Out of the corner of her eye, she spots the guy who founded the festival and brings us over and introduces us to him. Which is just perfect. <laughs> and he's so fired up to meet us. And oh, yeah. And like to hear that we came from Canada four hours away. He was very pumped. And so then we kind of told him we wanted to volunteer. We did tell a bit of a white lie at this point. That's true. That we had signed up late last night online, and our names probably <laughs> weren't on any list anywhere. <laughs> so, But he said, no problem, no problem, no problem. Just go there and tell him I appointed you in the right direction. I forget what his name was. Guy Ledoux. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever his name was, we went up to the volunteer stand and said, uh, man, I wish I remember his name. We basically said, this guy said we could get volunteer shirts and an assignment and so she was like oh awesome you so glad you guys are here and it was that classic scene in dumber dumber <laughs> where they're uh trying to get the other table to pay for their t- oh seabass sent you <laughs> yeah if seabass is the really nice guy over there <laughs> there's a lot of like pointing back and forth and nodding and yeah, yeah thumbs upping yeah and <laughs> So, but because we had this guy's name, it was so easy to get a shirt. And yeah. I don't even feel bad for getting the shirt because the assignment they gave us was to sit <laughs> in the grandstands, make sure everything was under control, and clean up garbage. That was our duty for the whole day. So I feel as though we went straight from there and sat in the grandstands, and everything was in order, eh? Watched a couple openers. Yep. Um, yeah, and the other sweet thing is we got uh, <laughs> meals. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> we got volunteer meal tickets, which I feel... I'm I'm glad we're recounting this story in its full detail because yes. there's some things that we might feel a little bit guilty about. Yeah. But at the same time, this is what this is what adventure is all about. That's right. All right, moving Pu- on. Pushing the adventurous edge. Um. Anyways, uh, from there we uh basically went to our car and we said, well, if we're gonna meet the guys from Emory, they're probably gonna want a beer. So we didn't yep. have any beer. So we went, drove out to the beer store. We grabbed uh basically. 30 rolling rocks for $13 American. We could not believe our eyes. Unbelievably cheap beer. <laughs> um, and got back. And when we pulled back in, we said, what if we just wheeled the RV back to where the bands are? Again, and then with the right amount of confidence and... Uh, and of, armed with a volunteer shirt. <laughs> the volunteer shirt is just your golden ticket to oh do whatever gosh. you want. I could have just gone on stage and grabbed a guitar. Pretty much. Pretty much. Absolutely. So, so so now it's perfect. We have some beer. We have our volunteer shirts. Our RV is parked where all of the bands are. Yep. And we're basically just waiting at this point now for, I guess, the guys in Emory to show up. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're kind of meandering. We're like, we're going side stage, watching a couple bands. Oh, man. It was unbelievable to watch Counterparts from Behind the Drum Kit. Oh, so fun. Oh, I'm a big Counterparts fan. That was one of the best shows that i've seen in a long time so this we're, is just amazing i mean we're backstage we at this point we actually met the the stage manager introduced ourselves yeah, to him that's right and said hey you know if you need anything we're volunteers we got buddies with him yeah we're, we're back here we're happy to help out in any way uh we're gonna take some pictures while we're here like we yeah. kind of 
faked being photographers. But... You weaseled your way down to the uh, media pit. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like right in the perfect spot for photos. Which they awesome. told you to leave, which is perfect. But you got a lot of good footage. That was our, maybe our closest call. Yeah. Because she was like, do you do you have a photo badge? So I didn't I didn't have that. I said, oh, I left it in the back. And then yeah. I kind of beetled out of there and yeah, yeah, didn't, yeah. didn't come back. But it's just it's just getting hooked up with the right people and just yeah. rubbing people the right way. Yeah. And it just goes a long way. So after Counterparts, Emery was up. They were doing an acoustic show, and we basically watched them play from side stage, which was fantastic. Um, and after we, we didn't want to bug them before they were setting up for their show. Mm-hmm. Ah, but we did because we, we primed did. We them. Gave them, yeah. We, we were looking for them. We're like, they got to be around here somewhere. And they, we found them finally. They were all sitting in their rental car with the windows rolled up. I know. Sipping on Jameson. <laughs> Which was so awesome. Sitting in the right, yeah, right, right at the gate too. No. Uh, and so we we knocked on the window, and then we offered them some beers. Yeah. And they took them. So we thought this was perfect as a little bit of a primer. Mm-hmm. Uh, then after that, um, we let them play, and then was the moment of truth where we had to go up to mm-hmm. Matt and or Toby and ask them if they would be on our podcast. That's right. We're, I was pretty nervous for that conversation. Were you? I wasn't that nervous. I mean, we've been shut down a lot before. We're used to rejection. Yeah, but it was just kind of like the culmination of the day. And everything was like building t- to it's it. True. With it's true. With the shirts and the backstage and the this and the that. It's right. Anyways, it was, uh, yeah, that went well. Great conversation. Uh, yeah, we had a really nice chat with Matt. And he basically just said to us that he says yes to everything. Yeah. So <laughs> Don't care who you are. Well, I'll come <laughs> on your show, which was great. Yeah. So the, the ideal situation would have been for them to come back to the RV and hang out and have mm. another drink with us and record the show. They had to go to their merch table, and then by the time they were done there, they basically went back to their car and beetled out of there before we could really stop them. Yeah, like the whole show was on this like gravel racetrack, I guess, and yeah. we just saw their little white rental car probably doing like 200 around this <laughs> little track. Yeah, as they're beetling <laughs> out of there. Unbelievable. That was so hilarious. Which was hilarious. Um, so anyway, so then, then we were like, all right, well, it's not happening today. Yeah. Um, but we have verbal confirmation that Matt will come on the podcast. Yeah. And that brings us to this episode. Brings us to this interview. And we messaged uh, Matt, and he was willing to come on the show, and we now have an interview with Matt Carter, who is probably one of our favorite podcasters. Yeah. And Yeah, uh, we really look up to this guy. Uh, a really interesting guy. Again, mm-hmm. as, as we mentioned, uh, a very talented musician and writer, He's not just a podcaster; he's a podcast producer. Mm-hmm. He started. He's got his uh, hands in so oh many man. pies. It's really, it's really cool. And he talks a lot about that in the interview about how he loves uh, creating, but also mm-hmm. how he loves uh, developing uh, other people and other talent. And I think that's an, an interesting conversation that we're excited to have with him. Yeah, it's a cool story. Of, I mean, I don't know. I, I listening to a lot of bands, I always wonder, you know, what what happens to these guys like after their bands go great and they maybe blow totally. up a little bit and then start to fizzle fade and die um i mean he's managed to they've kind of kept their band alive for quite a while yep um because they just continue doing new content which yeah is and, and doing a bunch of other stuff so it's neat to he- see people who you enjoy what they do creatively in yeah. one field and then can follow them in other areas um anything else about this story i i think it was the perfect adventure i really do i mean, I mean it was spontaneous it was you know, we had a goal that we achieved. Uh, yeah, we had a great time. And then we, we got to do it all in the RV, which is great. I mean, oh, yeah. We, uh, we slept in the RV that night in a truck stop. And then oh, yeah. we drove home. Uh, we got home really, really late to your house. Yeah. And then you got home at like one or two at your house. Yeah. Then I got up at like 6 a.m. Or and five or six and was gone and then worked the next day. So that was just yeah, perfect ending to a perfect weekend. 
But yeah, that was, I think, a good example of a really fun adventure that we had. And sorry we had to, to save the story. You probably saw a few photos on our Instagram mm-hmm. a long while back. But there it is. We were, you know, liars and cheaters. <laughs> liars and cheaters for the ultimate yeah. adventure. Yeah. I, I don't know if this makes us look really bad. No. It looks it makes us look really tough. Really tough? Yeah, really tough. Well, that's great. Yeah. So I think we should just get to our interview. Let's do it. Before this uh, episode becomes way too long. But Matt Carter. Of Emery, the Backcrusher Podcast, and the Break It Down Podcast. Um, and we can just get going here. I think that's a good place to start. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you're a, a musician, a podcaster. You have all kinds of interesting, your hands in int- many pies. But so, how would you kind of describe yourself? What do you like to, if you had control over it? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, What's I think do? of myself as a producer and yeah. a, a developer and a uh, consultant. Mm, okay. I, I like to work with people to make stuff get created. And I'm a creator too. Like I don't lean heavily into myself as an artist or creator. I, I like those things and I do those things, but there's something about calling yourself an artist or a performer that just seems so self-important to me. <laughs> and maybe I'm a little more insecure that I don't think of myself as a pure artist, but I right. love to participate in writing creating and making things it's like what a privilege and the fact mm. that i can do it like i know i'm a phony in in, in writing that's the way i feel right but right. I, I like it so much and truth be told yeah i, I do write stuff i write songs i yeah. perform i really can do those things and that to me is amazing but it's not i'm not one of those people that my thing is i always knew i was here to express myself and perform mm-hmm. and write and do art it just sounds too important sure yeah, like I, I was thinking about it a bit today and, to and uh, wondering if you would ever kind of dive into the world of doing uh, some consulting work. And have you kind of gotten into that recently? Well, I spend most of my day um, work, uh, developing talent and working with people on mm-hmm. creative things, both my things and their things, because it's interesting and it's my, my favorite thing. It's just yeah. for stuff to exist and get made and, and get created. Yeah. And th- because I have creative talent and have been able to create and contribute and do things well, I get to run with and be around and give advice and consulting and take phone calls with people that I think are good, which is amazing. Yeah. So to me, it's always a yes. Like if I have if a talented friend seeking my advice, I've got time for that. Sure. I've got, I've got a million, a million friends like that. And the more success I have, the more people say, Hey, could I get, could I get on the phone with you? I got some ideas. And if I, if I respect mm. the person, then the answer has got to be yes. So I'm, I'm, out of time for things that I can develop that people want my help with. And I, yeah. I, you know, that's, that I'm just, that's natural to me. And I suppose I'm good at it. Sure. So, you know, I like to be, I, I have to make myself remember that I create things and to work on my own stuff. But what <laughs> right. I love to do is attach with another person and let, let, you know, help them keep going with what they're doing. Yeah. So what, what, that's really interesting to me, Matt, there, um, We've been following along with a lot of the stuff you've been doing over the past couple of years. So we see that pretty clearly that that's where your passion is. That's what you like to do. Where did kind of when did that start? You've been, you know, a musician for a long mm-hmm. time before you probably started to do that. So when did you kind of find that passion along the way and how did you hone it or get connected with the right people that allowed you to um, kind of make that all happen? Well, you know, I got into music because it was cool and it was alternative. Yeah. And it was mm. different and it felt like a, I understand it now as punk. I mean, it was it, I didn't know punk music. I just knew Nirvana and Green Day and Weezer. Yeah. And it, was alter, it was alternative to the mainstream yeah. 
culture where I grew up in the in the woods in South Carolina. So I, I thought that's great because it's like real, it's different, it's out there, it's alternative. So I wanted to do that, and I yeah. got into music. Uh, music came somewhat naturally to me, but n- not compared to some prodigy or anything. But I, there wasn't many people doing music or that kind of stuff. And more, after a while, I figured out what was going on and was able to do it, which means I could learn cover songs. And then we yeah. played them, which was a pretty novel thing where I was. So I was just into doing that as just fun, expressive hobby. It was fun. And uh, never knew what I wanted to, what I was going to do for a living or anything. I was in school for, uh, I was a pre-med student. So I was going to okay. be a doctor or engineer. Hmm. So that's what people in my family are, are like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, but I didn't, you know, my dad owns a, an engineering uh, contractor grading and paving business. So yeah. I, I never was interested in that stuff. Uh, I wanted to do something. You know, I always knew I'd do my own thing. And I never intended on working for any other people, but I never knew what it was that I would do. And then I got into music pretty heavily uh, at the end of high school and in college just as a hobby. And then it just started to make sense that maybe I would do that more and more. But I wasn't like amazing at it or a lead singer or songwriter or anything. Right. right. And then when I hooked up with Toby and started to hear what his raw talent was, I was like, oh, I bet we could. I mean. I better hitch up with this. I think I could take this guy really far. I could ride. This, I could ride this. Is right, what I exploit thought. this guy. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, people didn't really like. He wasn't succeeding or anything. He's just a guy that is obvious to me that he had raw talent and there yeah, was a right. lot, a whole lot that needed to be done there. So I, <laughs> here we go. Let's just do this. And I was doing stuff with Devin. Devin and I grew up together, so I was like, well, Devin and Toby are the best, most talented people that I like and are fun. So yeah, let's just do this. And then. That took a long time and wasn't easy or automatic, and I didn't have the skills, and they didn't have even all the skills, although they had more raw talent and stuff like that. But yeah. doing that for five years or a decade, now I know uh, I could repeat that process a million times over with raw talent, and hmm. in, in, hmm. in, I feel like any field. I get it now. And in less time, I imagine. And in way less time, right. So, I mean, I'm yeah, not bragging. Of... I'm just saying if I wanted to do TV, I would take the same approach. I think I can figure that out. Yeah. I would need a certain amount of talent and collaborative people, and then we'd figure out how to get from A to B, accomplish a goal, do what we want to do, and try to, you know, you got to swim in the biggest streams and compete with, I'm not a competitive person, but you, you got to measure yourself against what's what's really good and just get there. you yeah. got to figure out how to get there. Mm. Uh, so how do you, how are you, how are you kind of doing this now? Like now we're kind of jumping ahead a bit, but now you're doing kind of a lot of acoustic shows. Are you still and how, like what's the ratio with acoustic shows to kind of your normal setup um, and, and touring? Well, the ratio is hundred percent acoustic shows for 2016. That's all we did. Basically, okay. we did a couple of festivals, yeah. but we decided, and this is a good example of that is. We decided at the end of last year, it's like, well, I don't really feel like playing Emory's greatest hits again yeah. at 10:45 at night. <laughs> it's just, it just, it's okay. But we've been doing VIP sets and acoustic sets and really enjoying it. And we said, yeah. well, what, what would it mean? What would it look like? What would have to happen to do that next year? Because that would be fun and fulfilling and satisfying. Then it's like problem solving. What's the business model? How can we go? Yeah. What will we travel? How much do tickets need to be? What? Where could we play? And we just thought we would do, figure it out, and you just figured we just figured it out. So hmm. we got the ticket price right. It's a very expensive ticket, very small shows, and right. we can travel four days at a time. And it totally worked out. We just had to tweak some stuff and get the formula right, and so we were able to do stuff that 
you know, I'm not saying nobody's ever thought of it or something heard of, but you know, it's, it's a, it's a unique thing. So we decided yeah, to do that s- all of six, 2016 and, and it works. And I, I imagine just by stripping everything down so much, I mean, what do you guys travel with? Two guitars and some basic equipment you've and right. just cut your, you know, overhead cost huge. That's right. We just take a acoustic guitar and a bass and a tuner pedal and a guitar cable. Uh, I think that's all. We just, I mean, everybody's got a drum set. Just set, we tell the people exactly. whoever buys tickets, yeah. say, does anybody want to bring a drum set? And yeah, yeah, it's it's fine. Just whatever. Oh, that's bring. interesting. So someone from the crowd just there's just drums there. You got them. Yeah, of course. I mean, how? I mean, you know, like oh who yeah, every, oh, yeah. Who doesn't have a drum set out of a hundred people? How many? They there's plenty of people. Everybody that listens to us is musicians. Oh yeah, re- related exactly, to yeah. everybody does music mm. these days. So somebody's got a drum set. They're more than happy to bring. That saves us. A ton of, I mean, it allows us to be able to travel in a rental car and not pay to ship a drum set oh, or, yeah. dri- or drive across the country. So it's not a big deal. If we had to, we'd rent one. I mean, but you don't sure. really have to. Just play whatever anybody brings. A, you know, Pacific, you know, just an off-brand cheap yeah, pearl. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't. I don't care what it is. It's fine. So, so we saw you on one of these acoustic shows down at iMetter Fest in New York. And mm-hmm. uh, we're from we're from Canada, the Toronto area, and this was the closest you guys had ever come to us in a very long time. So yeah. we thought we gotta hop in the hop in the old RV and go down to uh, to catch a show. Um, but even for that tour, was that the main event that that allowed you to build other acoustic shows around it? Like, did they pay you pretty well to say, hey, let's build a, a little tour around this festival, or did you add the festival on mm-hmm. after? Yeah, I think we. Yeah, I'm sure we built it around the festival. So right. you let something like mm-hmm. that anchor it, and then you figure how. Yeah. yeah. So we don't always do that. We do the acoustic runs without festivals. But when you have a festival too that pays well, then you know you're going to be in good shape. It yeah. lessens the risks, and you know you know oh all our overhead can get paid from this one show, and then we can go make the money on the other show. Something like that it makes it easier to 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 sort out for sure. And if you're, I don't know if you're willing to say or not, but what are you, like, what makes it worth it for you guys to do a run like that? You guys all have families, you mm-hmm. got all kinds of stuff on the go. Like, it's a, a pretty big commitment just to, <laughs> just a <to> tour. Yeah, <laughs> no, I don't, mind, what you I don't do, ever but... care. I'll share whatever numbers because if you, I mean, you can figure them out anyway. We, right. we do these shows, yeah. the tickets are $50 and um we sell up to 100 tickets so between and then we always sell between 50 and 100 usually so yeah, in, yeah. in that range and so then you know there's a but i don't know what the numbers exactly are but now you figure out backing out flights rental car hotel rooms uh baggage fees and we eat and drink a lot and yep. we just put it all on the card and whatever mm-hmm. the money's left we split up yeah and on festivals we typically we like we need to make i mean we did i did a podcast where we sh- talked about that festival where we did not get paid yeah yeah but that was the whole band emory going down to do a festival where we're getting paid five thousand dollars right. for everybody to go down which is low i yeah, mean that's yeah, not yeah. good yeah. that's not good money but we had two five thousand dollar festivals which is low um so we don't really if somebody says hey go play in salt lake city next month next month and then everybody fly out there and everybody fly home we'll pay you forty eight hundred dollars we'll say no to that no. because it, it we will either not make money or make a hundred dollars each or something and it's yeah. three a three day you know that's that's how that'll shake out so right. you know for, for us for i have this funny thing i, I really want to tell festivals and stuff like we can't come for less than six or seven thousand dollars right how however you need to know we're probably not going to 
sell six or seven thousand dollars worth of tickets for your festival. <laughs> right. Right. And so let's just get that on the table. If you still want to bring us because you have a good plan or a good financial situation, yeah. or you think in total with us on the bill it'll help you sell it'll the help tickets. You, yeah. Good. Yeah, but I don't like going to situations where they go, Oh, if we just brought Emory, I bet we would it would be unbelievable. Everybody <laughs> right. would, you know, we're not I'm not the, saying the we're worth seven thousand dollars in tickets, but that's right. what it takes for a one off. Oh yeah. Sure. When, you, when you go do show night after night um, you can start. You can do it for cheaper than that, and wind up making profit. But well, yeah, although, we, I can't get everybody out of that. We can't mobilize five or six people, or even crew and gear, yeah. um, for for to, for to not make any profit. Right. That we we can't do it. We just it's just a, it's just a no go. Right. Well, and that was even interesting to me about this iMatter Fest that was sponsored by. I think it was a big church, and mm-hmm. it was absolutely free to be there. And they had some decent names, so I was—I had heard that other podcast, so I was like, "Well, they didn't get Emory out here for really less than five grand." And then yeah, they it was had, something like that. I don't they had know like exactly what it was, but. they had um, they had like Fit for King and Counterparts, um, and all kinds of other bands. I was like, "How much money did they sink into this thing?" Well, you you know you can scale it up. Whoever yeah. played after us got paid more than us. You yeah, can be pretty right. sure of that, and that's not necessarily the case, but pretty much it it, it probably is. Yeah. So, so anyways, it's a lot. It's that, a lot. Of, it's a lot of money. Those sound systems are very expensive. And, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I like and attendance was poor there, in my opinion. Yeah, but it was a free show. So yeah. th- when a show's free, you know that they're not counting on. Oh, we need right, right, you know, right, 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 tickets right. sold, or, or we're going into we're going to have to go in our grandpa's savings account. And, yeah, yeah. And to pay to pay the PA system or whatever yeah. it would be. And is so that? I, you know, is that kind of dollar signs rolling in your eyes because you think you know if it's a free festival, merch is going to do really well? Um, yeah, not, re- I don't say that as dollar signs in our eyes, but yeah, the cheaper it is to get in, the typically the better you'll do in merch, yeah. but it's hard to do merch at a big festival like that. Um, well, especially when hard, you're trying to travel in a rental car. Yeah. It's hard to, to have a good inventory or the right amount of inventory, especially if you have to order merch for that show, Yeah, like whatever you don't sell and you're left stuck with. So that, re- that can be really bad too. So a lot of times we do festivals, we don't even take merch or something. You got to fly <laughs> with it and. Who knows? I mean, if we have stuff merch laying around or we're in the middle of a tour or have some good inventory that we can bring, then it can be okay. But if you just had to, from scratch, put an order in to get printed yeah. and guess the amount you're going to do and show up and sell it and pay the merch fee and everything else involved with it, then it doesn't necessarily work out that great. Hmm. Well, it's it's interesting that you kind of avoid the, the word entrepreneur because so much of the stuff that you're chatting about is crunching the numbers and figuring out how it makes business sense and clearly you need to make a living to uh to do what you do um so i don't know that's just kind of interesting to me but i like that well it's creative in a way but that's it's problem solving and i'm Mm -hmm. like problem solving so it's a challenge and a problem and a unique solution what i don't like um is uh, procedures and, and, and methods and things that are just standard where there's no deviation or variation or creativity. Right. right. Uh, I don't like that. I, I, I don't want to just do stuff the way you're supposed to do it. I feel like I'm claustrophobic. I can't, I can't <laughs> do it. I can't follow mm-hmm. normal pathways that other people do. So yeah. I feel great freedom in getting to design stuff and stuff that winds up being chaotic. There's usually like, it's a really satisfying feeling for something to be, chaotic or sideways because now there's tons of decision making becomes critical and valuable and it's that's really satisfying so i kind of always like uh disaster and chaos and 
stuff like that because now there there's really the opportunity for creative solutions i like that yeah feeling. that's right people thinking uh impulsively and yeah yeah and, yeah it real decision making yeah and you have an excuse for not for, for for something other than flawlessness or perfection like i right I, yeah. I could never compete with people who are just the most on their game and right. practiced and rehearsed and they know exactly how it's going to go and they execute the highest levels like I, I just don't i hate that I, i'm never going to be able to compete like that right like like an olympic athlete or a somebody that's yeah does uh accounting at a high level they don't miss a thing well i'm loosey goosey all over the place <laughs> but when things go haywire follow me yeah i can i, I think i can figure this out on the fly yeah. and, and yeah. then you don't look so bad because the standard is wow we got out of that situation so i like right. things are, are crazy right uh do you think kind of that risk-taking mentality is something that people who um if, if you have it is it something you have or you don't something you can develop or how do you think it kind of plays out? Well, risk reward is definitely the right way to evaluate stuff, and everybody engages in that every day. Um, right. But most people are really bad at it, and they don't realize they're doing it. But everybody's doing it all the time. Meaning they unique. risk too much, or they don't risk at all. They don't even they, know they what they're risking. They just don't. Yeah, they, they don't view it. They they, uh, they most people like to be cautious, but it doesn't pay to be cautious. Like. Right. You just have to know which things to be cautious about. Right. Essentially. So if something, if there's a low risk, go for it. Have fun. Like that's that's amazing freedom. If something is a low risk, like what's the worst that could happen here? Mm, nothing really that bad. All right. Now you can take a swing or something. So identifying right. the, what is low risk is 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 the thing that people don't do. People just go, well, you got to be careful. Right. In general, which isn't true. You got to be careful about the right stuff. And recognize, whoa! If this goes bad, it's going to really be bad, you know. So a, a good example of that is um, a housewife uh, who is very, very paranoid. Okay. I know somebody's wife who insists when I'm in their house, please, please, please close the bathroom door and make sure the toilet is lid is down because what if the cat fell in the toilet I and drowned? And drowned? <laughs> the cat, not even their kid. The cat. <laughs> Okay, and, and so here, here's what's going on in that person's brain is, well, it could happen. It has happened before, or even with the kid, the one Somebody. that's really fu fun. Yeah, I mean, if you can read about it and it's happened once, right. it's, not, it's not worth the risk. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, you no, know? that's pretty annoying. No matter and how so, absurd the odds are. Right, but 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 it, what if? And it, and she would say, well, it's not that hard to do, so just let's just do it. And I'm not saying it's that hard to put the toilet seat down, but that mental space of fear to be in is very counterproductive and destructive. It's exhausting. So yeah, not only exhausting. yeah, so I, I I feel free not to put the toilet seat down in my mm -hmm. house for, to save the cat. Uh, meanwhile, that same person, if you wanted to improve chances of of like your cat or your kid surviving, surely. Never. I mean, do whatever it takes to not take your kid with you when you go to the grocery store in the car. Much riskier. Right. Right. But but, I, but that's not that's not they're, they don't they're not doing the analysis there. I always find that in in many ways is a parallel to a fear of flying. So you'll yeah, drive exactly. to the airport, but you won't get on a plane. Right. So. Yeah. My dad was parents were flying out here to Seattle this week. Yeah. Uh, and my dad's a, a you know business owner and a rational guy, but nonetheless, he called me and said because they were predicting a big storm. I don't know if you heard about it in yeah, Seattle. Yeah, we did. Yep. It didn't. Yeah. It didn't happen. It didn't even occur. But my dad said, "Son, we uh, 
we don't have our will updated right, but I wanted, <laughs> I called your two sisters and I gave them all the details about it. We're flying out there and there's a storm. So I want to be sure to, and he went through some points of his will. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, but I worked with a, with know, a guy like last year. That was a year. risky thing, but that's just, you know, that's how it is. I mean, you have to overcome those biases yeah, yeah, like yeah. on purpose or, because they're nat- naturally the way we are. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, but there's, was, there's great opportunity in being the person that can untangle the real risk from the, the false risk and, sure. and free, free in your mind and taking the right chances. Yeah. How do you, um, I kind of want to just, while we're on this track, relate it a bit to podcasting because I kind of feel we got into podcasting kind of how like six or seven months ago, Jeremy, is that yeah. accurate? And it, to me, it's felt very, very low risk and kind of, I guess, kind of on par for what we've put into it. I mean, because mm-hmm. really it's like, very minimal dollars in equipment mm-hmm. and uh jeremy and i have made a commitment to do an episode every week and every week we do an interview very much like this and so it's uh it's not really difficult now that we've got it kind of on our schedules but i mean because it is very low uh risk it's a slow growing period and how have you kind mm-hmm. of found that in the podcast world well it's certainly low risk i mean it's unbelievable minimal input <laughs> to, to, to what the yeah. potential output can be from yeah it. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's never been, there's just never had this opportunity before mm-hmm. in, media, in media creation. It's just never, not, there's nothing, nothing like it. Uh, unfortunately, the only thing that comes along with that is there's a lot of other people in the game, of course. So yeah, right. at some point, you want barrier to entry to be high enough to where just by working hard and do, making the right decisions, you have a chance. And yep. being in a band today or starting a podcast today, mm-hmm. that that's the problem. Of course you can do it, but the, the amount of other people that can do it sometimes is going to drown out the people. Yeah, and that was so, an, an interesting episode of Don't Feed the Trolls where they're talking about the long middle, right? Can you get past that place where you're kind of in a lull and just kind of keep pushing and keep growing mm-hmm. and just take mm-hmm. keep keeping keep on taking steps kind of forward so yeah well you have to be you know i mean there's there's these opportunities that come along sometimes where a bad band at some era just from existing yeah. and having the right look and getting the right opportunities can succeed yeah. but right. for the most part you know you have to be good Right. Not the best, 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 but, at, you know, comparable to some of the best out there. Sure. You have to be. And even when you are, that doesn't guarantee your success. But right. it, it, that's always the case. Like there's no – nobody should be – should even ever want to succeed at something just because they're able to exploit – like you you should never want to succeed you know you shouldn't want to succeed until you're almost as good as everybody else your peers or the people you want to run with you don't want to be the lucky band that shitty that that, that happens to have money behind them or 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 you wouldn't want to be in podcasting just for a few months and and have satellite xm come to you and say we want you to do a show that you're not good enough yet don't worry about it yeah. You you worry about you being good. It would and be a disaster. There. Yeah. yeah, and then then it can, can, more than likely will help take care of it of itself anyway. There's not a lot of top talent really that's obscure out there. Sure. Mm-hmm. If, if your talent, but it it takes the experience and the determination usually to get to be at, at a high level of talent anyway. So the thing they kind of go hand in hand. So if you don't have enough talent and you have the ability to to acquire it. Well, just by sheer numbers and spending the time it takes and soberly assessing yourself, you're, you're more likely to get into the higher and higher 
you know, pools or echelons of, yeah. of, of talent and, and other people mm-hmm. and other stuff anyway. Yeah. But it's not, it's not just a matter of, well, I need the connections or I need, uh, you know, a loophole to exploit or whatever. Right. Um, is the direction you're wanting to go, you're getting involved in more podcasts. Is that kind of, um, do you enjoy that production side, um, and stepping away from, uh, being the talent on it? Um, I don't know. I get sucked into it. I'm not sure. (laughs) I'm excited about ideas and I love, you know, I love that other people can, can do stuff and that I can be involved in it. Um, it, 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 it might take too much time away from the, but I would be well correctly criticized for not focusing on the main thing or the thing that has the most potential that I'm involved in. Right. I should write more Emory songs. That right. pays more bills than anything. And I, 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 <laughs> I, I didn't, hadn't done that in a while. Yeah. Why? But I'm taking phone calls with people who's I'm thinking about starting a podcast. And like I did that us, all, like us Yahoo's, today. us nobodies. No. <laughs> yeah, right. But I, mean, I, no, I did two. I did two. I did two phone calls a day that were probably an hour. Yeah. With people that I like. Yep. Talking about right potential podcasts they might do just because I have knowledge that they want and it's right. entertaining to me. That's but not two, very productive. Two hours of unpaid production or unpaid right. consulting services. Right. And if yeah. and if they go on and make a successful podcast, they don't necessarily going to need me, and they're not going to remember. The, yeah. I mean, they'll they'll tell me thanks later, but it, mm-hmm. I, right. you know, I don't own their shows or anything. Right. And, know, and they'll so. ask you to come on for an interview. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, I think that's admirable that you're willing to be a little part of that story, and I mm. I, I don't know. I think that's that's pretty cool. That's my strategy. But I believe that that will work, or, or my experience is that that works because I get to collaborate, and you know, I, I have I know a ton of great and talented people, and they respect me and like me, and I, that affords me many opportunities. Yeah. So I can't. I don't like the people that take their time too seriously. Like, well, mm-hmm. my time's worth X an hour, so I shouldn't do that. Because, right. well, you're never going to, I mean, of course you're never going to learn a new skill then, hmm. right? If your time's worth, if, if you make $80 an hour as an electrician or a song composer even, let's say, yeah. you know, you know, how are you ever going to learn a new skill? That right. You're not, it's, you're not, it's not worth you your time That's right. until you put in X hours or whatever yeah. it might be. But not to mention the opportunities and relationships that you have if yeah. you earn, earn enough goodwill and just have – it's not about networking and having these connections or favors. I don't think of it that way. It's just new opportunities come and people call me because – they've talked to me before or whatever and mm-hmm. they trust me or see you know whatever it is so that works out good well and i think yeah you've done a good job of of sh- sharing that with people and letting them know that and i think a lot of people appreciate it so yeah so that's kind of my strategy but it, you know i'm not a uh i'm i, I feel like i'm wildly successful from a, a standpoint of uh, influence and people listening to me and being able to create things all that stuff but it doesn't necessarily translate to like business success or anything which sure. is another reason i don't yeah. like entrepreneur the tag because it's that's to me that's about two things usually when i hear people bragging about or aspiring to be yeah that, that's what entrepreneur means to be somebody that's aspiring to be right. that and it seems right. like it's a lot of times about money or something but sure. mm-hmm. i don't do that well financially like right. that's just I, I don't that's not how i measure Right. If, uh, if you're an entrepreneur, stuff. you could be anything. But if you started a business, well, then you're either a business person or you're uh, whatever. The thing that your company does is what you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just we, think the entrepreneur people wanting to be entrepreneurs are saying 
look at me uh it's like an image it's like it's like the difference in somebody wants to write songs and somebody wants to be on stage right. and be in a band yeah mm-hmm. i want to write i like the music and i get to be on stage and you know i mean it's just kind of a trendy thing for, i'm not saying anybody that uses the word entrepreneur but you hear a lot of people that i want to be like it's they want to be motivational and have that tag and that right. Im- image of being an entrepreneur but i don't care about that i just like making stuff cool uh where did you kind of pick up that um like you said to us earlier that you generally will try to say yes to anything uh where does that <laughs> come from like like that doesn't sound like you pick that up of your uh, your dad's way of doing business so uh, i mean you got to do what is exciting i mean that maybe that comes from privilege or something like right i don't mm. i don't right. know having but the time would, and having yeah yeah I, I don't see the problem with investing time and, and if you don't have to if you don't get over serious about money yeah then, mm-hmm. then you can spend a year building bad christian and not right. earn any, you know and then not increasing the, the whole first year of bad christian i didn't really make any money at all yeah and my income all the meanwhile from emory was dropping <laughs> right so there's a year that i made the least i've ever made yeah mm-hmm. while i was building something that works really well now yeah but i understood that yeah, but uh, and it's and if it doesn't pay off financially, that's okay. I, that's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's yeah. okay. It just being aware aware of time. I don't know if you have something coming up r- right after us here, but uh, you have just a few more minutes as we wrap up. Yep. Or yeah, yeah, sure, awesome. absolutely. So yeah, I mean, no, this has all been really great, and I think really helpful. And we always like to th- view these conversations in light of the context of. Uh, how do people have a more adventurous life? And I think some of the stuff that you've chatted about um, is, you know, really aligns well with that. So, you know, a, a lot of those tips are really good. Do you have any other thoughts on this whole idea of adventure or how people can add a little bit more spice to their life or anything like that? Well, it, the whole thing, it always comes from like a, a vision or a desire, really. It, it isn't, um, I mean, people fall into stuff like music and things because they're uh, sexy yep. basically but yeah. really the thing that separates people is that most people in the world if you ask them what would they do if they could do whatever they would probably just you know play more video games work less hours and mm-hmm. go on better vacations <laughs> and, and that's not bad it's just you know you it, you ha- if you don't have the the motivation to do something for its own thing not its end goal but it you know the next step or what you're doing the part of the process right now yeah that's what separates the people and i'm not saying i'm not putting a value judgment on it but i assess when i'm working with somebody if they have what is clear to me is motivation for today tomorrow and the next day yeah that's that's what i because they Mm. there's something that they could name that they want yeah that's what you that's what it that's the best that's the, the only thing that really they don't really matters. Hmm. You know, if you just find a regular person that doesn't have any particular ambitions or can't name what they want, then they'll start to search their brain and go, um, maybe music would be good or <laughs> being on stage or being famous or being rich would be good. Just right? generally famous. Yeah. And, and so there's, yeah, right. But I mean, that, but of course, if somebody asks you that question, you've got to come up with an answer and you're right. going yeah. to say something like that. But yeah, I, I don't buy it that that's what that person really wants. Mm-hmm. Right. So you have to be really clear with yourself about what it is that you do and don't want. Hmm. And then the proof is going to be in the pudding. But again, I don't mean that in a value judgment way. I'm just saying if you, you've got to be able to articulate the thing that, that you kind of want. And, that, and that's a gift just to have it. Just to want something is a gift. 
Hmm. Yeah, just having that vision and being able to just point in the right direction. Yeah, yeah, just to have just, just a, to start a specific yeah. desire mm-hmm. is a gift, in, you know, in itself. So I don't know if you can manufacture it. Yeah, that's interesting. Right. Yeah. Um, no, thanks. That that's awesome. Uh, one one other thing that I really need to to hear from you is Calvin and his wife are expecting their first child, mm-hmm. and he yep. loves unsolicited parenting oh advice my. from strangers. <laughs> uh, so how do I as, word that off? As his best friend, I am soliciting advice for him from other people. Uh, you just had your second kid. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, so you, you lay it on Calvin. What does he need to know? Let's see if I've heard it yet. Look, I, you know, I parenting t- is is like it definitely should be a pass fail thing. <laughs> <laughs> There's no such thing as a hero parent or a really good parent. In my yeah, life. yeah. And I don't strive to be a good parent. I don't care. I don't think I am. Like, <laughs> you know, no sexual abuse or physical trauma, uh, and make it and and enough and, food to eat. Yeah, I I, do, I think that's that's a better goal than like I, I don't like the obsessing about oh is she socializing enough at age three and what school can she go to i i don't like that right i don't i don't believe that i believe your parent you're not even uh you're not being a parent is not it's just so not about you you just you know you you should parent in a way that uh you should parent in a way like if you were going to sell your kid that's what you should do (laughs) Like if you just had the kid, you were gonna farm them until they were fourteen, and then you were gonna sell it off yep. to be, but not sell it like a. Let's see if I can refine this. <laughs> I think I have a good a good thought here. Is this a new map metaphor? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. Like this. Okay, so you you want to just develop your kid until it's a valuable thing, and it's not about you. You don't need to parent it to be like attached to you right. or swear right. that you're the best mom ever and the best friend a person could ever have. I'm my dad. It's not that you just functionally get them through whole and balance and just that just, you just get them safe and, and no, no nothing. And there, then there'll be a good solid human. Uh, if you looked at it from a, statistical or a factory standpoint like hey there is a balance just a person that's a, right so and a are couple you, years down the road I, this award-winning eggplant no one knows where it came from right exactly like you're farming it or something and and uh, you know I'm, and that's not the natural way people like to think about their kids but people like to announce and pronounce right. i love my kids yeah, or whatever yeah. but th- th- the job isn't that it's just don't mess them up so that's you don't the other person you don't have yeah. like a recommendation for the right jolly jumper to get no, that's oh, what I'm, I'm saying. Shocked, no, 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 of course Matt. not. No, Matt. Of course not. No, you, are you serious? <laughs> yeah. The kid could die. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, keeping him safe is a big deal. Like that's hard enough. And you, if you succeed in that, great. You, you, you pass. <laughs> that's the pass fail. That's his pass. I mean, you, you just pass. You want to raise it like a good tomato and then send it <laughs> off to the market. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I think that's uh, important advice for Calvin to hear. So thank I'm writing you, it all down. You. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> because that avoids helicopter parents and neglectful yeah. parents, right? Yeah. Either one of those things are good. And yeah. It's just not about you. Just you're you know you're lucky to get to be involved, but mm-hmm. you know. So a lack of high fives won't you know damage a kid Doesn't forever. No, nothing. None of that. Nothing. Oh, nothing well, few. I was really worried for Calvin because he hates high fives. <laughs> I do yeah. hate the touch. No, I think almost nothing matters about parenting, <laughs> really. No, oh, awesome. Uh, well, Matt, thanks so much for coming on the show today. We we do really appreciate your time. You know, we you, we know you have a lot on the go all the time. So, 
Well, I appreciate it. If somebody asked me to be on, I'd like to say yes to that as much as possible. So thank That's you, great. guys. I, I, so, uh, I appreciate that you would identify me as somebody to talk to. Great. And we're on track for uh, Break It Down, which day we haven't locked down a day, I guess, with uh, with the review yet. But we'll uh, we'll get back to you on that. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. Probably do like a three-part episode with us. Three-part, yeah. If that's yeah. okay? Yeah, we'll do it. Okay, okay all right. We'll, we'll chat with Riva. Well, good Good luck to you guys. Thanks so much, Matt. <laughs> all right, okay. thanks, Matt. Bye. Cheers. Thank you, Matt, for coming on the show, mm-hmm. for sharing uh, a little bit with our listeners about your passion and your, um, I guess, kind of your creative process. And I think it was mm-hmm. one of the things that I really like about what he was talking about is you got to get good at setting a goal and achieving it and then also aligning yourselves with people who are doing things uh, at the highest level. Yes. Yeah. And and I loved his kind of um, his idea, I guess, of just kind of having an idea like what you just said and then just pointing in the right direction. Yeah. And just starting. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's uh, like that a conversation like that and, and, and a bunch of other stuff that he does is encouraging for us as mm. we start a podcast because, you know, this is. Calvin and I hanging out. It's us learning how to share ideas and speak well yeah. and not say like or um. That's right. <laughs> and also how to hone our interview skills and how to really dive into the heart of an issue and how to listen well. And, you know, that's a really great thing about podcasting and about, you know, the adventure that we've started in this whole thing. Well, yeah. And like the interview skill is a thing that's pretty interesting too because I don't know, like, there's so many like famous great people like known for their amazing interview skill yeah and it's hard yeah it's not easy so like i'm really looking forward to us um kind of maybe like when we have our 50th uh interview and then going back listening to our first one and comparing it to our 50th and just seeing i I really hope there's a huge drastic change in there somewhere yeah and i i wonder if the change is drastic or it might even simply be subtle like right. a subtle change from asking a fairly standard question, but in a way that is unique. And it's such a balance, too, of just letting um, our guests talk yeah. and get their thought out. And because you're constantly adapting. I found when we were talking with Matt, I had a lot of questions written down that I really wanted to ask. Yeah. And he was hitting a lot of them without me having to ask. So, Or, have, or then you're, you're thinking, yeah, he either hits them without you asking or... You know, by the time the conversation is in a new place, it's you can't ask that question anymore. But then yeah. you haven't been listening for the past thirty seconds, and you're like out of it. <laughs> I know you have to think a lot about it. You can't just yeah. be in a conversation. So yeah, so yeah. I, I think that's fun. Uh, one thing I really wanted to ask him about uh, was his predictions for uh, baseball. Oh, do you think he follows baseball? Yeah, he's a big sports guy. I, well, I wanted oh. to know. I know he follows other sports, but I was, I'm was i sure he has some opinions on the baseball. I'm curious about what his uh, opinion on the election is, but that topic is so beat to death. I just oh, yeah, couldn't, bear, no, we're not gonna do couldn't that. bring myself to do it. But I think baseball would have been cool because the Jays are, have traditionally not been an amazing team, but for the past couple of years, now we finally have a good team to talk about. So I would be interested in hearing his perspective from the other side of the country. What do you think of the Jays? We've got to do a full sports episode, like a, a legit like sports guy episode. Should get Drew and Brad on for that one. <laughs> they know sports, <laughs> just stats. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, anyways, uh, that was that was a great episode. I love that we can kind of put this episode together as not just an interesting interview, but as a f- complete story of an adventure mixed with a goal, mixed with a lot of fun. Yeah. We had a great time. I'm uh, I'm pretty actually upset about the Jays. I mean, I only tuned in for the last few games. Yeah. 
and then they're done now. But I was really getting uh, rolling on my um, <laughs> on my texting game with with the Jays. Calvin learns one Jays player name and then just goes to town on his opinions on them. <laughs> I get a text from Calvin. This is all it says. Bautista needs to go. <laughs> Next text. I'm really worried about Donaldson tonight. <laughs> Oh, yeah. so, good. so it's all over, and I'm going to have to just attach myself to another winner team. <laughs> oh, it's so good. So <laughs> anyways, thanks for tuning in once again to the Open Road Podcast. We'd love to hear your feedback on the show. Um, one thing I haven't talked about, Calvin, yet, but I want to do is mm-hmm. maybe uh, an episode where we hear like really brief stories from listeners, I'll and we get that. people on the show telling us about their little adventures. Like, There's a bunch yeah, of my friends. Yeah, we've got them. Like, we just have to slap it all together. Yeah, so. we, yeah we have them, and we want uh, to... But I'd like to get the audio from some of them, not just reading things out. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so there's some stuff like that that we want to do. So if you're interested in that, email us. Uh, it's just our names, Jeremy or Calvin, at openroadpod.com. That'll mm-hmm. be the show notes. Or visit us on the web. And, you know, our main social media is our Instagram, at openroadpod. We try to keep that, you know, funky fresh. Funky fresh. Uh, <laughs> keep it a not-so-funky fresh. I, uh, you know, last week I thought, you know what? I'm going to let Jared try and edit the episode. I and uh, I'm the pro in this kind of area, so I'm like, ah, I'll teach this guy how to do it, and uh, you know, I'm just gonna let him do the whole thing. Completely screwed it up. I did screw it up last week. Maybe you noticed that after the in- after the episode ended, there was 15 minutes of silence, and then the rest of our conversation, wrapping it up with uh, with Jordan until without his audio. So it's just Kelvin <laughs> and me talking to no one. But I deleted it. We noticed it pretty close to the beginning. So you were able to get a, a new it, version up and there? And then I replaced the file. So right now you would not be able to find that mistake. But if you are a wow. hardcore listener, you will have found that mistake. And, you know, our deep apologies. Again, we're just learning That's here. a rare jewel. A rare gem. Yeah, that's now totally eliminated. Yeah, so if welcome. you've heard that, that's content that will never again right. be heard by the human race. Cool. Till next week. See you later. Yeah, I remember I was gonna, I told you I would do it if I had time, and I would have rather came in your RV and did it than do it over Skype, but I just didn't have time that day. We had super early flight and needed to get out and go. And I We happened to catch you guys. I don't know who was driving, but you guys absolutely peeled around that track. It was hysterical. <laughs> oh, it was so funny. Yeah, that's Toby. He does stuff like that. It's a blast. Man, when I yeah, was watching was just, you guys going, yeah. I was kind of like, he is hauling, and that is a dirt track, and that could get bad around that last corner. <laughs> it's a rental. Don't yeah, be gentle. It, yeah. It, yeah, exactly. It's a rental car, and it's just super fun to do stuff like that. That's what it's all about. That's the most fun kind of stuff is doing just stuff that's ba- a bad idea or, yeah. you know, it's just guys, you know, being on, on tour out of town. Totally. You have to, just being reckless is the way to go, especially totally. if it makes people uncomfortable or it's funny. It's, it's great. Yeah. And I it's, imagine it's not exactly harmless fun. It, it could be harmful, but. It, it's really great. I, I, that's the stuff I like the most in the world. I think that's what we call the adventurous edge. And that's mm-hmm. what this podcast is all about. Just pushing that edge a little bit here and there. So that's great. Mm-hmm.